Nicholas Winding Refn's cult classic Drive turned 10 this year. Today, I'm going to take a deep dive into it and see how it holds up after 10 years. Welcome to Lugnut Talks Films. Hi, everybody. It's me, Lugnut. I'm back again, finally, with another episode of Lugnut Talks Films. I am very sorry that I took a week off last week. I did not plan on it, but I did. I didn't watch a film I didn't write a script, nothing. I had nothing prepared at all. And then next thing I knew it was Friday and I didn't have a video or a audio podcast uploaded. Um, so many, many apologies for that. I do plan on making this a weekly thing, uh, Fridays, even though the first episode was on a Saturday, I'm planning on making this a Friday show where I just upload them on Friday and you guys have them to digest whenever you feel like listening to them. So today is going to be the first quote-unquote proper episode. Um, The last one, the first episode was just a first impressions after watching a brand new film. This is going to be more of a deep dive into an older film. In this case, it's Drive, which is, um, spoiler alert, I'm slightly biased. It's my second favorite film of all time. All right, let's get into this thing. So... Drive was released on September 16th, 2011. Sorry, I missed the exact 10th anniversary. I'm a little bit slow. And it was directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, starring Ryan Gosling as the driver and Carey Mulligan, whose newest film, Promising Young Woman, I do plan on taking a look at very soon. Uh, Carey co-stars as Irene. So real quick, I'm going to hop in and do a brief, non-spoiler, slight opening portion of the story synopsis, and then... I'll give you guys a major spoiler warning before we dive into any spoilery spoileries. Okay? Okay. So, the story starts out fairly straightforward. Um, Ryan Gosling's character, the driver, who is never named, that's why we call him the driver. Uh, He makes a living by day as a stunt driver for films in LA and also working at a garage uh, fixing cars and whatnot. And by night, he's a getaway driver for hire. And Carrie Mulligan's character, Irene, is a sort of kind of single mom of one child who lives in the same apartment building, pretty much right next door to the driver. Um, Things kind of begin to take a bit of a turn in both of their lives when her husband is released from prison. And that is as far as I'm going to take this before we get to spoilers for the story. Um, If you haven't seen this movie yet and you want to see it, do yourself a favor don't listen to this podcast before watching it pause it now come back when you've done when you're done watching the movie and definitely definitely don't watch the trailer that's on the internet for this movie it is a disservice to this film that trailer is terrible it makes it 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 advertises a movie that did not get made and you will be severely misled i don't want to say you'll be disappointed you'll be disappointed if that's the movie you want to see after watching that trailer because it's not the movie you're gonna see it's a terrible trailer for a fantastic film don't recommend the trailer at all anyway uh, a couple more things just before we go to uh spoiler territory i i just want to say i absolutely fell in love with the world that this film builds within the first few minutes of the film even beginning um, it's it's one of the most beautifully shot pieces of just art, frankly, that I have just ever had the pleasure of laying eyes on. I mean, the the neon imagery, the sweeping wide shots of the LA skyline, just in the opening sequence, 
coupled with the absolutely killer soundtrack, all of which I'm going to get into later, uh, it just it helps to build the world of this film in just this perfect, perfect way. Um, and honestly, I still find myself enjoying and grinning at the opening sequence just as much now as I did the first time I saw it. Um, but frankly, there's not a whole lot else I can say without getting into spoilers. So here's your spoiler warning. This is your last chance. If you are going to watch this movie, if you have any interest or desire to watch this movie, do yourself a favor. Go in blind. Don't watch a trailer. Don't listen to reviews. Nothing. Just just go watch the film and then come back and hear what some idiot on the internet has to say about it. Okay? Okay. All right. So, spoilers from here on out for the whole of this film. And I don't think I'm going to spoil anything else, but just this film. There will be plenty of spoilers. We're going deep into the story and we're going deep into a couple other things. Also, bear in mind, it's 4 a.m recording this i just finished writing this it's 4 a.m i don't know how long this is going to be but probably not very um this is just a brief i I mean it's probably fairly brief I, i i didn't even really read through the script again after writing it so we'll see how badly i screwed this up at 4 a.m anyway so as i said in the initial story built uh story bit rather i can't even read tonight either uh, the film starts out very straightforward, um, but as the story progresses, it also complexifies and intensifies in a very beautiful, sometimes even frightening way. And um, that frightening nature of it is accentuated by the fact that it starts out slow. Like, this film is slow to begin with. A lot of people might lose interest if they don't realize it's supposed to be that way. Um, it's yeah it it opens with a car chase sure which is a brilliant car chase we'll get into that a little bit later um as to why i love it but it's it opens with a car chase which is awesome but then it slams the brakes i mean it hits the brakes hard um and i mean at that point we're just coasting through a couple of days of the driver's everyday life just about i mean not like full days obviously and 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 it's condensed and everything but it slows way down from an opening action sequence and then all of a sudden we're just like thrust into the mundane it's normal everyday life for this dude that's what we're living through and um i mean we're just we're just seeing his life lived out as it seems like the hands of fate are pulling him and irene his neighbor together a bit more um and then it starts to really kick off with that side of the story fairly quickly into it um as her car breaks down so we get this little opening part of their sort of development uh as characters when he offers to take her and benicio her son home and we get this really when it's out of context it's this extremely strange scene where he's just standing in her apartment drinking a glass of water and just chatting with her you know out of context it would seem really really weird but within the context of the rest of the film it makes a lot more sense um because it actually you know we find out pretty quickly into the film who and where benicio's father is like we got we don't know anything about 
the dad. We never heard anything for the first chunk of the film. We just see Irene and there's a kid. And we're like, okay, that's interesting. But this scene sets up who Benicio's father is and where he is. And it also starts showing some of the chemistry that later forms between Irene and the driver. And especially, I feel like after having seen the film multiple times, it it also shows quite a bit of that chemistry that is later explored between the driver and Benicio, um, which is really, really just well done. And I love it. Um, After this part, pretty much like butt cut into the next scene, uh, we're reintroduced to Brian Cranston's character, Shannon. Um, This guy is a guy of many hats in this film. He is driver's manager uh, on the film sets. He owns the garage that the driver works at, and he provides the getaway cars that the driver uses for uh, the getaway driving at night. So through this and a few more following scenes, we see Shannon's sort of plan. He sees driver's raw talent uh, behind the wheel driving driving cars, and he wants to get him into racing because he thinks there's a lot of money in it. So he talks to uh, a guy that he knows, a former business partner, business associate, who also happens to possibly, you know, it's implied and then later confirmed he's, he's mafia. He's in the mob, basically, or has mob ties, sort of, um, in the area. And it's a, a guy called Mr. Rose, and he's played very, very well, very brilliantly by Albert Brooks, who actually shaved his eyebrows off in order to pull off a more cold and emotionless look for this character because he thought it would work better for him than trying to act because he's a he's a really from everything i've seen of of albert brooks and interviews and him talking he's a very nice guy and nice guys don't pull off mobsters all that well so he did everything he could to be as cold and expressionless as he could including shave his eyebrows off in order to get there um, so, yeah, we see Shannon go to, uh, to Mr. Rose and try and get some money in order to buy a stock car to get the driver into racing in order to make some money. Uh, that's going to kind of come back later. Anyway, throughout all of this, there's more scenes intercut of Irene and the driver just kind of hanging out, driving around for the most part. And we see through these scenes... Irene is warmed significantly to Driver, and um, like you can tell she's kind of starting to develop feelings towards Driver. And then there's a brilliant scene where Driver is just cruising along, he's being happy, and he's like, I'm out with Irene, this is really fun, we're having a great time, he thinks. But she's just deadpan staring straight at the road. And he keeps looking at her and like trying to smile and see what's going on. And she's just like, that was my husband's lawyer. He's coming home in a week. And it's at that moment you could just see Driver go exactly as cold and expressionless as she was for the whole scene. It's a brilliant piece of acting in my opinion. I love it. It's, it's really well done. Um, but obviously there is the big turning point as to what the rest of the story is kind of going to be like but i gotta say i love the way they did it um the approach that they took for this film because other films would have had a bit of a like conflict of interest of the two guys kind of trying to see who's the better rooster in the hen house sort of deal it didn't at all do that and and 
basically okay i'm gonna get ahead of myself here just stick with the script but not the way um anyway so the husband is standard and he's played by oscar isaac and he does a fantastic job along with everyone else in this film um frankly i i think of this as almost a standout role for him i obviously saw him as poe dameron in uh, force awakens before i saw this film but i i thought he did great in this uh, absolutely great and i'm really excited to see what he brings to dune later this year which uh, keep your ears out for that episode when that comes out anyways standard comes back home and he's trying to re-enter into a normal life but then he gets jumped um, by a couple of guys who he owes protection money from his time inside prison driver of course being the main character of the story he sees him lying in the parking garage all bloodied and battered and wants to know what what's going on and standard as you would be is a little bit hesitant at first but eventually figures out okay maybe this guy needs business and basically he tells the driver that these mob guys want him to rob a pawn shop in order to call it even um as to his debt that he owes them so driver offers his help because they threatened Benicio and Irene and Driver was not having any of that. So he offers to help Standard in order to keep those two safe. Well, the job goes quite south and that's where the film gets even crazier. You started to kind of get hints when Standard came home. This is where it goes off the rails pretty much. Um, The job goes south and Standard is killed. So then after that point driver is spending the rest of the film a trying to run and run for his life basically b he's still trying to protect benicio and irene because they've been exposed to all of this and c he's trying to figure out who they were exposed to who's behind the mess and he tries to put a stop to it and it it all culminates in this epic final showdown um kind of I mean it's it's not like a good the bad and the ugly type showdown you know where they're all standing around with their guns at their hips and who draws first and who gets shot type deal but it is a, a bit of a battle of the wits and it's really well done it's really well shot it's really well performed and um I mean it's it's extremely intense the second half but I love it. I'm, I'm there for it. And uh, it's, it, I mean, the fact that the first half of the film is, is just so slow, it really just helps to accentuate how crazy everything gets all of a sudden. And, uh, and it, it, helps, it helps the second half of the film feel all the more just crazy, but in a good way. It's extremely entertaining to watch. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not great at these whole story synopsis things, but that's that's part of it. So that's enough of the story because I pretty much covered it from start to finish. Obviously skipping out on some of it, some of the good bits. Um, <clears throat> go watch it. If Yeah, just go, just go watch it. And if you've already seen it, go watch it again. It's still great. Anyway, I'm going to jump into some more of the extra stuff that I really love about this film, and, and it makes me love it so much. I mean, firstly... I've already touched on it before. Just the camera movements. The cinematography in this film is absolutely amazing. There's helicopter and drone shots uh, sweeping over the the skyline. There's 
shots just in cars as they're just driving around the city and it's extremely atmospheric it's extremely just like it sucks you right into the world that this film tries to build and then i mean can we just talk about how the entire opening car chase sequence is all shot entirely inside the car aside from literally two shots on the front bumper (laughs) i mean go watch it again if if you if you didn't catch it the first or second time you watched it go watch it again the camera doesn't ever leave the car we never get an outside shot establishing where they are where the police are that are chasing them nothing we get only camera movements inside the vehicle and like i said like literally two shots from the front bumper which isn't a whole lot it doesn't show you a whole lot more than what the shot outside the windshield was showing you um yeah hats off to the dp like absolutely they knocked it out of the park for all of that and i also want to talk about like the last few shots in the film the last little sequence i adore it It, and i i I only thought about it writing and i'm like it's it's really well done it just it starts on the bloody shoe and then it pans up slowly we get this agonizingly long take just wondering whether or not he's gonna blink whether or not he's still around and then i mean there's a couple cuts and then it, it just pans back down to the money bag and cuts to black roll credits it's brilliant and i mean a proper review of this film cannot and will not be complete without talking about the incredible soundtrack it's practically second to none in this film baby driver might have something to say about that but i mean this i i am among a fairly popular sized group that talks about this film in that in saying that this this film introduced me to a whole new genre of music that i'd never heard before this film and now it's just i mean it's a regular on my playlist from songs like night call and a real hero even to tick of the clock i I absolutely love this this soundtrack it's absolutely brilliant it it fits the world so perfectly especially with the neon imagery that they got going on and and everything with it 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 absolutely just it sticks so well and it's it's part of the reason why i keep coming back to this film so much just because of how great all of the soundtrack is to complement how great everything else about it is so in conclusions yes this film holds up extremely well after 10 years which honestly i think is is in testament to how practical this film is there's pretty much everything is shot in camera i mean it's done extremely practically it's it's very well done and it's legit it it didn't even have a massive budget either it was not a huge blockbuster budget um for this film It, it, it was not cheap either uh, it was i think 15 million was the number that i read which is not a lot compared to most films that do anything uh, very well outside of a few good indies um so for a kind of a small budget it nailed it i mean it was it's really good and that like i said it holds up extremely well because there's no heavily it's not heavily reliant upon cgi special effects shots it's all i mean it all looks practical excuse me one second (coughs) it all looks really practical it's it's all shot like in camera 
holds up extremely well. So yes, I'd say it's definitely worth the watch. I'm, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10 on my ranking scale. It's hard to be perfect. Nothing's perfect in my opinion, but this one is pretty dang close. I absolutely love this film. It is number two on my all time favorite films list, and it absolutely gets the lug nut stamp of approval and a good recommendation from uh, your friendly neighborhood movie reviewer. So that's going to conclude episode two of Lug Nut Talks Films, my first deep dive into a film. Um, Actually, a bit longer than I thought it was going to be, the review. Just looking at the clock. um, It lasted pretty well. I'm, I'm okay with that. So... Thank you guys so very much um, for watching. Stay tuned. Uh, I hope to have new episodes out at least every other Friday. I'm hoping for every Friday, though. So thank you guys so very much once again for listening, and I will see you guys in the next one.